Okay, so uh, this is my first time interviewing. So I'm interviewing Yaku. Yaku yes. Nodia. That's me. <laughs> very, very Afrikaans name, right? <laughs> Afrikaans. Yaku, uh, just one question I want to ask you. Uh, for the people that haven't met Yaku, Yaku, please explain the beard for me. The beard. The beard. So um, I finished school, right, when I was 18. Okay. Then I was like, uh, I want something different, right? And then so I just stopped shaving. And I've never looked back. <laughs> so how how old are you now? Twenty two. Twenty two. So you haven't shaved since like, like eighteen. A, like a no, like a, like I've cut it off like once or twice. Okay, a few times. Um, okay. but just like a, and yeah, you know, like like a, the first year, like you see, like when you grow a beard, like 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 it kind of like grows sideways. It doesn't grow down. Okay, you respect to then it was like very fuzzy and you look quite <laughs> like a hobo and stuff. And then I was like, no, it doesn't really work. So, and then uh, and then like with time you. Like you kind of like learn to like nurture it and like trim it down and, and have it like grow nice and neat and stuff. You don't look like some homeless people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and please explain to me your hair. My hair? Yeah, your long hair. Mm. I don't know, like uh, like like I guess like uh, it's like the musician look, you know. Okay, long the rough hair. look. Yeah, not not. Uh, I don't try to look rough, like 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 like, like tied down, like and like like it's terrible, like when you're working, especially like when I'm doing like live sound, you know, like having long hair is terrible because it like gets everywhere and like it's warm, you know, it's like like it's not nice, um, yeah. But uh, like like when you're on stage and you're playing guitar or something, you're just like, oh yes, this is like why I have long hair, you know. It's like in your face and it goes everywhere, <laughs> and, like <coughs> especially you know the metal riffs, you know, you can just yeah. go down and take them slowly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, you kind of, uh, there's a couple of engineers in the industry that I can think of that's got long hair. You know, for instance, Peter Pulse, but he, he recently, you know, he had a ponytail, <laughs> the bald patch here. But, uh, <laughs> he donated his, his ponytail for charity. Really? Yeah. And I think Evert, Evert Dominic, that's how I pronounce his name in English, Evert. Evert. Evert Dominic. I think he had long hair as well. And then there's another engineer, Gray Burnett. So I don't know if you know Gray. Never heard of him. Oh, okay, you'll meet him. Gray's an awesome guy. He also had long hair. Stuff. Yeah. Do you know of any other engineers with long hair in South Africa? In South Africa. No. Not. not. Really. Okay. <laughs> now, Yoki, you said you finished school, right? Mm. Uh, which year was that? 2010. 2010, okay. And you studied at? Or you matriculated at? Wurschkul uh, Gaarsfontein. Wurschkul Gaarsfontein. Just around the corner. Okay, it's like that's a, fantastic. Like very like African Wait, school. Could you explain to me? How did you start out, you know, with music? Did you want to play guitar always? Did you play guitar at school? <laughs> how, how did the music start? So, like, like, uh, like, until I was about 18, 19, like, my, like, life goal was, no, I'm going to become this, like, great guitarist, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> and then, like, like, I had, like, the shocking, like, realization about, like, I'm not that good of a musician, <laughs> which, like, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, I think, like, most engineers... Like they'd work in the music industry, like started out as musicians, and then all kind of failed, you know. And then we just kind of moved on to engineering because, like, we, like realized like, uh, like music, like we're not that talented as we thought we were. <laughs> um, I started playing guitar when I was about thirteen. Okay. And like before that, like uh, I played piano, but like I didn't really like enjoy it. And then like when I started playing guitar, it was really all oh, this is really nice, you know. Like like I can play songs I like, you know. It's kind of like pop culture. I can play rock music. On the piano, that's not really, you know, it's not really like, I'd like classical, mm-hmm. like a, like my mom plays like classical piano and my sister plays like clarinet and trombone and stuff like in. Okay, so you've, you've got <coughs> music in, in, in your blood, in your family. Yes, yes, yes. Family yes. line. Okay. But like, a, like not one of them like does it for a living, like it's mostly hobbies. Yeah. 
But yeah, so then like I was like the first person that kind of said, okay, well, like I'm gonna do this, you know. And, and like my parents were shocked. They were like, no, like we don't think this is a good <laughs> idea. <coughs> like, like music, like. Like they've been like nagging me, oh, like you should take music lessons, you should take music lessons. But then I said, I want to take music career. They're like, whoa, we went too far. <laughs> um, no, so like uh, I kind of like, like like went through high school focusing on music mostly, like thinking, yeah. oh, like like I'm gonna play in a band, I'm gonna make it big, and be a big rock star. And and <laughs> your academics? Oh, uh, you know, like uh, like uh, I wasn't bad at academics, but it wasn't something I really focused on at school. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, like like music was like where I was like uh, like, <clears throat> you know, like uh, I remember I would I would like like when I was in matric like my parents would like lock my instruments away and go like no, <laughs> this is enough. <laughs> like if you're gonna carry on like this, like you're not gonna get your matric, um, and you need to focus on your studies for a while. So I was like, oh man, you know. Like <laughs> did, you, did, you ha- did you have a band um, in, in school? Oh, I played like a, like in like a not like a professional band. Like I, I played like in in, in church bands, mm-hmm. and with like lots of projects, you know, just like jamming. Like I remember, like like there was like this one vacation out of school. I remember like we would like for weeks, just jam like seven, six, like six, seven hours a day. You know, just go to like this like this one drummer's house and just play guitar the whole day. And you play drums and you get out, your ears are ringing and stuff. And like, <laughs> oh, that's the best day of my life, you know. Um, but like yeah, like never like really like made it. Like you know, like like at school, it's like very difficult. Especially like uh, like I'm a first child, and my parents were like not conservative, but you know, like, like with first children, they're very like uh, like protective. You know, like mm-hmm. we don't really know how to raise this thing. So it was like I was like, oh, I want to go to this gig at this bar. They're like, no, you're not going <laughs> to that bar. Like there's drugs. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was like very like difficult to like like work in a in a, or, like play like in a working band. Although okay. I tried, like yeah. But it never really like really like, took off, but like like we play like uh, like in church bands, mm-hmm. you know, like two or three times a week. Which which church? Oh, this is like a church up the road called like Lux Mundi. Okay. Yeah, it's really like nice, really like nice music culture, you know, like uh, like we played a lot. You know, I mean, like like it was nice, like like it was basically like band practice, like two days a week, mm. and then playing to services on a Sunday. Okay. It was nice, like like it like gave you that thing about playing in front of people, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I had a look on your Facebook profile, right? Mm. So I did some research. Research. <laughs> uh, and I had a look. Um, you were involved with 13th Floor. Yes. 13th Floor. That usually, uh, I, I'm not sure why they changed the name, usually Sia Christ. Yes, right? yes. Long ago. Yeah. So just quickly mm. explain to me how you got involved with that. Did okay, you so join them after school? So like, what, what, what happened about like, uh, like when I was in a trick? My parents like decided like they wanted to go work in Australia, right? So like, uh, <clears throat> and they kind of like packed up, and uh, they said like you have two choices, right? Like you can either come with us, or you can go not to courses, you know, like like, like to like like tickies, you know. I was like, no, that doesn't sound thing. And then so well, what now? And, I, and like I don't want to go to Australia. So then like there was like this gap year called Thin Floor. Um, gap year is like performing arts. <clears throat> it's like uh, it's run. Like a company, basically. So it's like extremely professional, even mm-hmm. though, like it's a gap year. Like it's like all like run by like like professional musicians, professional screenwriters, professional, you know, like video production people, um, <clears throat> and like professional dancers and stuff. And they would kind of like run this gap year where you would go, 
and then like uh, get training, you know, and then like write these four or five shows and then travel around the country doing these shows with music and lights and sound and dancing and acting and like, like it's like this massive production. It's very professional. Um, and that was amazing. Yeah. So like uh, my parents like left Australia and then I went to Third Floor. Like their campus was like just uh, just outside of Pretoria. Okay. About 20 minutes from here, yeah. And how did you start out there? What so was like, your involvement? Uh, I went and I auditioned as a musician, um, a guitarist and piano. And they're like, okay, like, uh, like by then, like, uh, like I've played like my like grade eight exams in my guitar and I was like pretty like professional on the piano and stuff. And I went there and they're like, oh, well, like you're obviously like a proficient like musician, like join the floor. So like I joined um, and then like when I got there, um, <clears throat> like, uh, like they kind of like needed like a band leader, you know, like someone to kind of like produce the band or like just like hit the band side of things. So like, uh, like they would like write like a lot of music and then hand it over to me and then me and the band would like work through it and like kind of get it up to show standards. And then I kind of like basically, well, well like what we were doing is just like production, you know, like uh, being able to like work with a live band and saying, you play that, don't play that, play that twice. Okay. Um, and just kind of like getting like a feel like working like with this, like working with musicians in a live environment and stuff. So like, uh, yeah. I so could, yeah. You say you, you've got your grade eight in? Guitar. Guitar. Yeah. Where did you do that? Uh, Trinity College. And when, when did you do that? During this was your, like when I was like 17, 18 years 17, old. During yeah. your school years? During my school days, yeah. Okay. It's lots of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was like, a, like, like most like, a, it was very like contemporary based. It was like newer styles, like jazz, rock music, fusion, kind of thing. It was, you know, in electric guitar. And, and later on, um, if I remember correctly, you you kind of changed your involvement with 13th Floor. Yeah. So instead of playing guitar, you went over to the live sound of stuff. Yes. <laughs> so like, uh, yeah, like, like, uh, like playing like guitar was like very fun. And I was kind of like, I was, I was like the music producer. I like work with the band to like get the music up to scratch. I didn't write the music. Like uh, one of my friends like wrote the music and then we like worked together to like get it working like like with a live band with like drums, guitars, bass, keyboards, stuff. It's like very like a, like a contemporary band vibe. Um, <clears throat> and then like as I kind of like progressed through it, like uh, I got like more involved in the sound. And then like the next year I was there, like the live sound engineer retired. And then I was like, well, I can still produce the band, but instead of being on stage, I'm going to be on the desk. <laughs> okay. Which console did you, did you use? Uh, there was this the massive uh, Soundcraft GB232 channel desk. Amazing. That thing was so nice. Like it was all analog, just like this massive, like the, like like two people to pick it up and carry it on. Okay. Like, like we had quite like a big setup, you know, like a, like we didn't have, like tour like line arrows, but like we had like this massive lighting rig and like, these big speaker stacks and stuff. And you know, like, like JBLs. Like, JBLs. Um, it was JBLs and and oh, I don't remember. Like we had JBL bins and JBL tops, and then we had like this like big right, SLT community mid range speaker. It was quite nice. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was like a it was like a very like professional setup and like like as I said like thirteen floors like production standards were quite high, so like uh, like they kind of like like expected you, you know like there shouldn't be any feed in the show you know and it's like ten actor mics and an entire band and backtracks mm -hmm. and click tracks and stuff you know like and it's all analog you know so it's it's very like hands on you know <laughs> for the people that that aren't aware of what thirteenth floor is at the moment just give them a, a quick explanation of, of what it is it's not just musical it's what, what oh, is it it's 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 strange so like a, like like it's a it's a a team right you have like a team of like a thirty people that travels around the country and we have a big truck and like like 
like lots of buses and stuff and you travel and basically be like a band and dancers and actors and technical staff, right? Mm. And then like put on like these shows like aim like aimed at like uplifting communities. So like a, like you would like like drive into like a town, for example, right? And then like a, like for like an entire week we would like be there and like set up like a big um, like rig, you know, like a stage and lighting and stuff and sound in the band. <clears throat> and then we do like a, like they would like do shows aimed at like community matters, you know, like, you know, there was like a show about human trafficking and a show about drugs and a show about loss and stuff. You know, it's like a, like very kind of like, like, uh, <clears throat> like non-profit organization vibes, like working with kids and stuff. Um, but like through performing arts. And how long was the show? Show would have been about an hour, plus minus, and uh, like we had like four shows, like four main shows, um, and they would like like have like one big rock show. We'd have like the like the band on stage, um, big production value, like cover like rock songs and stuff, and just had like a big party. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> how long how long um, were you at Thirteenth Floor? I was there for two years. Only um, two years. Only two years, yeah. And then like uh, like after I left, like stuff kind of like started closing down. So like. Uh, The last year I was there was the year, like the last big touring team and stuff. And I, like after that, like they scaled down and the year after that they scaled down again. And then like, uh, I think like this is like the first year, like they didn't have a touring team. Okay. Uh, so after that, what happened? Why, why did you leave 13th floor? So like, uh, like my, yeah, so like uh, my time at 13th floor kind of like came to end. Um, and then like my parents said, hey, do you want to come study in Australia? And I was like, hey, that sounds like a cool idea. Um, like uh, like in Australia, like there's like this very nice um, music production schools and sound colleges and like music schools and stuff. Like uh, like where, like in South Africa, there's maybe like four or five. In mm. Australia, there's like 20 or 30, you know. And it's big schools, you know, like... Uh, like So like I went to, to, to study there at a place called like the Australian Institute of Music, AIM, yes, in Sydney. Okay. Yeah, and I was like, oh, great, like, uh, I can actually, like, do a degree in music production. And I was like, oh, because, like, uh, like throughout, like, like, thinning floor, like, my live years, I was, like, like bumping in live sound. I was, like, all nice and stuff, but, like, I really like, 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 working in the studio. Mm. You know, like, in my mind, I was, I was going to be, like, a music producer, you know, I'm going to write music, record music, um, you know, like, work with artists in the studio and stuff. Like, the live thing is fun, but, oh, it's, like, it's hard work, you know, like, if it's, like, Saturday morning, four o'clock, you know, and you're, like, Like 4 a.m. and you're like, oh, you know, we just want to go to bed, you know, <laughs> but you start to pack the truck, you know. <laughs> How did you deal with with, um, um, with with the artist on stage? Because uh, I'm assuming you had to give them monitors as well. Yes, right? and that's one thing that I hate doing. Oh, it's terrible. Yo, how did you deal with? all of these different artists on stage? Because sometimes people get frustrated, they shout at you. Yeah. How did you deal with that? <laughs> so like, uh, like one of the stuff that like, uh, like I kind of like regard as like, uh, like one of the stuff that really helps me when I'm working with artists is like, like I've been in their shoes, you know, like, like mm. I've been on stage with a crappy sound engineer and you're trying to listen, I just want a little bit of more guitar in my, my, my monitors and it's, it's kind of really crap and I can't hear anything, you know? Like, like I kind of like know like what it is mm. to be them, you know? And I'm just like, like if I can be a good engineer to them and just kind of like like help them to just at least like hear themselves and able to play like nice in a band together, like that's nice, you know? So like usually when I'm like working with artists like in a live setting, like I tell them like, listen here, like, 
like there's no limit of stuff you can ask me you know like like you can be extremely minute and that's just like I can change stuff until the last minute of the show you know like mm. it's really like I don't really matter because like what matters is you being able to perform well and if, if you perform well it sounds better on your side mm. so that means like what's coming through to the front of our console sounds better because you can actually hear what you're playing okay. and then it makes like the whole product just better at the end you know so like uh, I'm extremely like um, like I don't know what's the word like uh, accommodating, you know, um, and I like I really like try hard to like work with artists to like get their monitor mix to work for them. I don't like doing it, but like it's like one of the stuff like with last sound, like you just like one of those things, you know. <laughs> have to. Yeah. Okay, so you studied, if I'm correct, at the Australian Institute of Music. Yes. Right. Aim. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you when did you finish it at? Uh, 13th floor again? So like a uh, 13th floor would have been like the end of 2012. 2012, yeah. okay. And then you went over to Australia in? Yes, so like uh, I started my degree in January 2013. 2013, okay. Yeah. Usually the colleges in South Africa or the univers- universities only start in, in like Feb. Yeah, so like the one thing like with AIM was um, like I finished like my entire like bachelor degree in two years, which is like, wow, two years, you know. Mm. Um, and like the thing was like they would start very early um, in the year like uh, like the 15th of January like mm. you're there and your class like, like seven days a week like with other like universities only like start in March or someplace you know so like uh, and there's almost like no holidays so okay. like you'll finish like a semester and then you'd have like two weeks and then you're back at class right again so like there's no holidays and they start very early and they end very late so like your like the last like exams would be like in middle December so what like that kind of like meant is like you could fit in like an entire semester, um, like instead of only doing two semesters, you would do three trimesters a year. Mm. So, um, you know, like for other people, like on holiday, you were at school, mm. or, you know, like working. So, but it was nice because like a, um, like I could finish like my entire degree in in two years, which is very a new thing, you know. So I'm not exactly sure how this point system work, um, you know, with the. Uh Sakwa IDs and stuff like that, but is your degree recognized in South Africa? Yes. Oh, I think so. Not that it really matters though. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, you know, but like, like, like it was like a legit, like, like it was like recognized like by the Australian government. So like, like mm. it's the, it's a normal like bachelor's degree, you know, like okay. I, I had three years worth, like three years worth of coursework, a bachelor's of music. Um, when I had like uh, everything from music history, you know, like uh, all the way through to like Pro Tools and music compositions. Yeah, like just that, yeah. give me, you know, the the bracket of the subjects you had. Um, so, like, the thing was like, uh, like when I went there, like I could choose between production and engineering, and then so like like uh, they had like three courses. Like they had like a course in music performance, you know, like a bachelor's performance, you mm-hmm. know, like with people like so that's like basically similar to Copa, right? Very, very similar, very similar. Mm-hmm. And then they had like a bachelor's in composition and production, which was more music writing and stuff. Mm. And then they had like the audio engineering side. So like I did not choose the audio engineering side, although I don't know why. Um, actually, should have cho- like, like chose that, but like uh, like I ended up doing like a bachelor's in production and music composition. Okay, very interesting. So like uh, I would have, um, I would write music every day, <laughs> music for film, music for games, music for. No, like bands, whatever. Um, lots of fun, but like very, very. Uh, I don't know how to explain. It. Like, like it's like very hard work, you know. Like, because uh, okay. like you know, like if you like, 
like you would like walk in like the beginning of the semester and then you're like, like you have 10 weeks and you have to, at the end, like you have to have like a creative output of 20 minutes with the music at the end. And you're like, okay. wow, you know, 20 minutes. <laughs> um, and then you kind of have to like, kind of like pace yourself to be able to make sure like you hit that deadline in the semester. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. Did you use like Pro Tools to compose your music? Or did I did. You use I did. Um, yeah, so like, uh, yeah, so like for like music composition side of things, um, I couldn't tell you why, but uh, like I because like before I went to Australia, I was on on Cubase, mm. and like when I got there, no one there uses Cubase. Like not even people that haven't even heard of Cubase, which is strange. Um, and they're like, well, listen, like you have to choose between either Logic or Pro Tools. And then me coming from more like an engineering perspective from thirty four, I was like, oh, no, I'll, I'll choose Pro Tools, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and like with this the student discount and stuff, like I got it like for the same price as Logic, so it, like it was the same okay. price. And um, Logic is kind of. Cheap. Yeah, Logic is cheap. I, th- I think it was like two hundred and fifty dollars back then, mm. like like two and a half thousand rand, you would take. Yeah. Yeah, and then like uh, I went like with Pro Tools. I don't know why though. Like 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 if you ask me, I'm like why? I don't know. <laughs> industry standard. And right? uh, yeah, industry standard. You know, and like uh, like I've never like looked back then. Yeah. Um. Or, or like since you know, like I'm still in Pro Tools now. You know, it's okay. nice. Yeah, and like uh, I do like like I did like most of my composing in it, but like, like Pro Tools isn't very good with MIDI in general. Like it's not really like meant for MIDI. Yeah, editing. that's one thing that, uh, a lot of people complain about. You know. Mm, yeah. Uh, I know a classical musician that uses Sibelius. Sibelius, yes. Sibelius. Like uh, I have Sibelius on my computer. Mm. I used it a lot for like assignment stuff. I hate using it. Like uh, like like although like uh, like I have some like classical background. You know, mm. I, I don't like it very much. And like like I hate working with music on paper. You know, okay. like it's a very unmusical way of working with music. If you ask me, you know, I think it's kind of old school. Well, it's, it's it old is school. old school, but I yeah. think it's kind of cool. You know? No, 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 especially like, like, when you see these orchestras cool. and the people. You know, the yeah, second violin. Oh, yeah, like a, like a, we did like this one um, like recording session last year, like a big like orchestral project. So, like the people that that studied with me, like most of them, like went into film scoring. It was like like their vibes. Um, I'm just going to quickly switch off the... the <coughs> right, we're back after this uh, commercial break. <laughs> so I was just saying, like, uh, like, most of my friends that studied, like, composition with me, like, uh, like they work in the film scoring industry now kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they use Sibelius every single day, four or five hours, like, all the arrangements and stuff are done in it, like, all the stuff. And, like, we did, like, this massive, like, orchestral session and they would hire score readers... Okay. You know, it's, it's people whose like main job is just sitting there with Sibelius, making sure the score is right. You know, wow. like with the occasional stuff. So like, uh, yeah, it's it's like a like a, a different world though. You know, like uh, mm. if you like like writing like that kind of music, like it's kind of like essential. Um, but if you like working like with rock musicians, you know, like if you're gonna give them like sheet music and be like, what's this? You know, mm. just, I, I've never seen yeah, this in my life before. You know, <laughs> yeah. Mm. So you you finished your degree last year? Yes, last November year. last year. November last year. December last year, yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's quickly explain to me uh, again the, the subjects you had. Like yes, yes, yeah. So like uh, like like my it was quite full on. So like uh, like I kind of like tailored my degree to do as much production and engineering as possible. Mm. Um so uh, like the first like few semesters like you'd have like the same subjects same subjects as anyone else, but then like as I kind of like went through like I specialized in like you had like your main like your majors right so I had like composition as mm-hmm. a major and production as a major. Um, then I took on like 
theoretical audio engineering. You know, this is all your acoustics and electronics and stuff like on paper. You know, it's not like in the studio. It looks like like drawing circuit diagrams and learning how EQs work and learning how okay. compressors work and stuff. Um, and acoustics, like building studios, how like different, you know, like things work and things. Um, <clears throat> and I had that as a as a subject, and then I had like jazz theory, jazz history, um, music law. Uh, and we had the subject called digital technology, which basically Pro Tools. Um, yeah, which is like like learning like the finer things about how the program works. You know, like, okay. like did, did you do your, your Pro Tools curriculum? I did not do Pro Tools curriculum. So like the the people that did the um, like the the syllabus and stuff and what English um, syllabus syllabus <coughs> um, like they were quite like against the Pro Tools certification for some reason. And like it's like very like this big, like big like divide in the industry. People go like, no, this is a good idea, or no, this is a bad idea. Because mm. like, uh, I remember like this like this one lecture saying, this is such BS. It's the people that made the program make you pay for the certification to be use your program. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Like, uh, like for me, like uh, even though like I'm not proto certified at all, um, but I'm I'm pretty quick. You know, mm. like I know my shortcuts and stuff, and I'm I, like, like, I've used the program. Like, like I've tried to figure out like, like how long I've used it, and it's probably like almost like a thousand hours. You know, like if you okay. think like, <coughs> like, like if you like work in every single day mm. for like three or four hours, you know, seven days a week, like six, seven days a week, or five mm. days a week, you know, like, for, like forty weeks a year for the past three years, <laughs> like it kind of like starts like adding up, you know. Okay. Which, which subject was your favorite subject? Definitely production. Production. Yeah. yeah, it was it was like a it was like the subject like like very like like theoretical, you know, and they ask like what is music? What is sound? You know, mm. like like what is it's like a very like like philosophical way about thinking about music and like how you make music, you know, and like uh, mm, very interesting, extremely interesting and stuff and like it just gave me kind of like that bird's eye view of like what we're doing as music producers or engineers or musicians, you know, like uh, Yeah, very very interesting. Your least yeah. favorite subject? Oh man, <laughs> probably like uh, like music law or something, you know, like music <laughs> law, copyright law, <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. jazz theory. That was terrible, jazz theory. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, I also didn't like uh, music business. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> oh, Nick's cool. Um, now you progressed from. No, sorry. Let me ask this. In Australia, mm. you had your own studio. Kind of, kind of. Mm. How did you progress from South Africa, not from South Africa, from Australia to here in 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 terms of your work? Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> so, like, the thing was, like, uh, like I've always like wanted to come back. You know, like, uh, like lots of people like go to Australia, like without the, you know, like the intention of, of coming back. But for me, like, my life is still here, and like, like, like all my friends are here. Um, like all my bands I really like are South African. Mm -hmm. um, my girlfriend's South African and she lives in Grahamstown. So like there was that, you know, and uh, like she was there like for six months and he was like, no, I don't really like Australia. So I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So like, uh, like I've always like had like the intention to come back, you know, like definitely mm -hmm. I'm going to finish my degree and I'm either going to like work a bit and then come back or I'm going to come back immediately. Um, and then like with that in mind, I started networking really, really hard. Um, and so I met you. <laughs> yeah, so like, like, uh, like, like I would like basically like, like read up like in all the big studios in South Africa and, and, and like learn who's the famous producers, who's the famous mm. engineers, who's the famous bands, you know, like, um, and then like, like I remember like I kind of like 
just like started like adding people on Facebook. Like there was like this guy and he was like on the music like trading pages and he was like saying Norman's oh like if he's selling Norman's he's obviously a good engineer. I should friend him and then you know <laughs> um and then kind of like build up like people who's kind of also like audio engineers, producers and okay. stuff who's really like in the industry, like working hard and stuff. And cool. I want to be friends with them. I want to know what they're doing. I want to know where their studios are and then be friends with them, asking for advice mostly. That's like the yeah. best way to like network is like ask people, ask people stuff, you know, because they're like, oh, cool. Like he obviously values my opinion. So, you know. <laughs> and quickly, quickly tell me about your first project you recorded or worked on. The very first one. The very first project. Um, like, be, like before that, like, like I've done like a lot of, like uh, at AIM where I studied, like, like there was like a, a, a very nice studio. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, like it was like this little studio complex, like big SSL console, um, big D control, whatever, like another control room, like nice mic pre's, nice at, mics. At your institute. Yes, state. yes, yes. Like, wow. Like, uh, very nice. Yeah. Um, and like I did some like projects there. It's, it's, it's like the first time like it. Like you're like in the big studio and you have to record something. You're like, okay, I don't really know what to do and stuff. So like, I'd, I'd like, like lots of projects I kind of just did, you know, for fun. You know, oh, like you have a band, come and record them for free. Mm. Just because we're like trying to figure out how this console works, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then in about 2000, and th like middle 2013, like I had this one friend that was with me in 13th floor. Um, this girl called Marnal and she was like a singer-songwriter. And I was like, oh, like, let's do an EP, you know, just like, uh, like I can produce and you can just sing and I'll play guitar or whatever. And then like we ended up doing like an EP together, which I can just like, I kind of like, she like wrote the songs and then I produced the songs, arranged them, um, put on full band. Um, okay. And then like, I even mixed it and then I sent it to get mastered. Um, yeah, and it like turned out like quite nice, you know. What is the recorder? <laughs> right here. Right here. So I especially came, like uh, I came back spe like specifically in January last year um, for like a vacation and then uh, I was like working in like in Australia I was working at a pizza shop and then I would like make like f like $50 a night which is quite like a lot of money like 500 okay. rand a day and then like, like, like put it in a jar and at the end of the year I would like buy myself like lots of gear so like uh, instead of like hiring a studio to like record the album like I just like mm. bought all the gear myself okay. and tracked it here at my house <laughs> um, yeah yeah, and it was it was okay. Like uh, like like it didn't turn out like extremely nice, but like it wasn't bad, you know. Like for something that was like my first project, mm. um, it was quite listenable. <laughs> um, what got my attention? Um, oh, sorry, I just can't get the artist's name here. Uh, what's her name now? You recorded her in Australia, a yes. gospel artist. Gospel artist. What's her name again? Yana. Yana, Yana, what's the surname here? No, Yana Star, like with Yana a double Star. R. No, I yes. can't find it on my notes. <laughs> I had a look at some of the pictures and the setup you used there was quite interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. So did you use your own gear there? So, um, like this is like a thing, it's like, a, like I've never actually worked in someone else's studio. Like it's been like a few projects. So like I've, like with all the projects I've produced, I've mainly used my own gear, mm -hmm. which I kind of like, like, like you just kind of like add with it as as it goes, you know. Like all my money goes towards gear, definitely, you know? definitely, <laughs> everything, everything. Like I don't do drugs, I don't smoke. Everything just goes to gear, you know. Like uh, so, like as it kind of like went on, was like buy a few mics here, like buy a nice tube mic here, buy a few fifty sevens here, you know. Just what like, was your first your your first piece of gear that you bought? That you thought? First piece oh. of gear was like a like it was my birthday like long ago, and then my first piece of like like recording gear was like de like semi decent was like a. 
like a Imodio inbox vibes, like a mm. Imodio Ultra, you know, like four mic pre's and stuff. And then it was like it was like my birthday, and like cool bombs. I said, no, mom, I know it's my birthday. I really want this one thing because I want to like record people decently. Because like before that, like oh man, I was like like recording people with like Skype microphones, you know, like put a Skype <laughs> microphone. It was terrible, you know. That's how like, most people start. <laughs> Um, and I was like, no, like uh, I really want to just like kind of like see like what it's like to like do it a bit more professionally. So I got like my first little box, and then I bought like an AKG like Perception 220, like mm. this very like cheap condenser microphone, and uh, I started to like record singers and voiceovers and stuff. Yeah, very precious piece of gear. Actually, <laughs> tell me, Jonas Star, did you record her in the studio? No, not. Where did you record? Um, <laughs> so like, like this is like the thing, like a. Uh, like when I was saying, like with like music production that I had in school, like there was like lots of like cool ideas, you know, and like uh, like it really like like we're like everyone like like studying engineering went like no, um, like there's only one way to record people. There has to be in the studio, there has to be a control room and stuff, and then like in music production, like like we kind of like started like learning about producers, you know, like people like different people like that produces bands differently. They don't use that conventional studio setup, mm. you know. Um, like, like for example, I don't know if you've ever heard of like like Sylvia Massey, okay. like this engineer in America. Like she did like a System of a Down and Johnny Cash and people like that. But like a, her studio doesn't have a a control room, like this this massive space with like this massive Neve console, mm. all the gear and stuff. But in the same room as the musicians, you know. Yeah. And like lots of people like work like that. Like even like a who's like a Dallas producer. I can't think of his name right now, but like a, he, like his studio in London, it's just like one big room, you know, with massive console and stuff and everything, and like all the instruments are in the room, and, and it's like one, like very like nice vibe working live with me in the same room, and there's no like glass between you and them, so that like that kind of like got me thinking, you know, like uh, and then like she had like a, a limited budget and stuff, so I was like let's just check it live, you know, okay, like uh, I'll bring all my gear and we put it like in this big hall, you know, just like a. It wasn't like a room with like particularly nice acoustics, anything. And just like so that's the church hall you recorded in. in church hall, yeah, yeah. No, it's like 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 it, it wasn't very big. Um, for, like even for a church hall, it was like quite like a small hall, you know, just like brick walls and a carpet. Yeah. <laughs> How did you deal with the bleed? Um, just just do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like uh, like like we set up everything live. Like uh, I'd like really like nice drum sound, like. A, Semi nice drum sound. Like the drummer was like, uh, like he was decent. And then like, uh, like we put like the electric guitars mm-hmm. in a different room, like in a cupboard vibes, and just like mic them up. And then everything, yeah. Um, like, like at the end of the day, it was everything live, but there was very, very little bleed. Like, okay. Like That's there had been sure. like, uh, like the bass was DI'd, and everyone was uh, was like wearing headphones, you know. So did, did you record the vocals live as well? No. Um, okay. Like we did like like a few like live vocal takes and stuff and it it was nice but like uh, like 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 she needed like a bit of production and like in a separate time you know um <clears throat> you know like like this was like her her first project as an artist you know like her first like recording session like having like a decent band or whatever so like uh, she was quite nervous um and I actually think like the first day like like. Like she like lost her voice, you know. She was like singing, and then it was like <laughs> voice is gone, you know. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't, like, like, don't worry. Um, like we'd like so like we basically like record like the band live, um, and then we overdubbed um, acoustics and vocals afterwards. Okay. Yeah. And that was done with all of your own gear, your own microphones, everything. Everything was my gear, as far as I remember. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you worked. 
Let's get the artist's name here. Someone that got my attention as well. Is it... Which one is it now? Uh, prescription PR? Is it? Is the name? No. Uh, Army of Sheep? Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, that yeah, is... Yeah. Uh, that's very interesting. That production got oh. my attention. Where did you record that? <laughs> so, um, like, there's a backstory with that. So, like, uh, like on... So it's a band in the UK called, um, I think they changed the name, like, like they're called Black Surf. Yeah, Black right. Surf. Black Surf, go. Black Surf. Um, I did not do the album. Um, I only did the vocals and the vocal production on it. Okay. And it's been like mixed and remixed and stuff. So um, very interesting. So like, a, like they, this was like this one guy called Ali, right? And he was like uh, living in Sydney for a year. Mm. <clears throat> and then like, how friend. did you meet him? So like uh, like through a friend of a friend, he was like, oh, like, uh, and then his band back in the UK was like, no, like it's time to record. Like we want to give, like, like get this EP out and stuff. But, but he was in Sydney and, and he didn't have money to fly back, you know. <laughs> and then like, uh, like they basically like, like did the tracks there at a, a incredibly cool studio called, like things called Green Mount Studios. It's like this guy in the UK, like he just kind of like bought this old church and like we ramped in the studio. Like they run all analog, all tape. Okay. It's very nice. Um, and then he basically like sent the, like the sessions over and then I did the, the vocal stuff here and then it turned out quite okay. Yeah. So where did you record the vocals? In my little home studio. Oh, yeah. Okay, your home studio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You also interned at a studio. Studio three or three. I did not intern there. Um, it was called Studio Three One. Three One. So, uh, like, if I stayed in Australia, I would have definitely done an internship there. Although it's, it's so like 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 Studio Three One. Um, it's basically like in the sixties or the seventies. EMI in the UK said like, like we're gonna build like a recording studio exactly the same as Abbey Roads, just in Sydney. <clears throat> so it's like a, like very much the same vibes, mm -hmm. um, same kind of like a production mindset, you know, like, like same kind of like recording. Yeah, so it's it's like a Abbey Roads in Sydney called Studio 301. It's also owned by EMI until very recently. A massive studio complex. Yeah, biggest recording studio in Australia as far as I know, yeah. What was you, what did you actually do at the studio? Because I, I think I saw oh. some pictures of you like in the studio, <laughs> the, with the fair trial. Oh man, that fair trial! No, like a, like a, I didn't mind much as or just like a session here, like hang out here, a cool workshop here. Um, like what's cool, a cool about like Studio Three One is like uh, the people that own it or manage it, whatever. Um, they're very young, you know. Okay. It's like uh, and they're trying to like like rebrand the studio into like something like more like much more like contemporary, right? So like they have all this like Ableton live classes, you know, like where mm. you can come in and do like, I think like it's called like live school and like all like there's like a, like EDM producers are like working there and it's like, like they're very contemporary you know? and like, uh, like they're tried like their best like work with like all like the newest Australian bands, like all the indie bands, like for like a, like a big studio, like, like, like we're talking like a studio with like a 72 channel, like Neve console, the 72 channel, it's a cell console you know, and Fairchild and 1176s and just like this crazy amounts of gear. Um, like they're quite cheap, you know, because they're quite just cheap. like trying to like stay like relevant and like not like get stuck with like all the old people. They just want to get new artists, upcoming artists in all the time. Um, so like uh, like lots of people would like come into the studios, like new people, new bands, you know. Um, and then it would be like, uh, yeah, so like, then like do workshops and then like this engineer I knew would like recruit in there so you'd like sit in on the session and stuff and just kind of like be like a fly on the wall <laughs> and see how, like, like how stuff's done like in a, in a massive like 
you know, like a studio like Abbey Road or uh, like mm. Ocean Way in America, or whatever, you know. Yeah. What was your first reaction when you had a look, when you saw, the, which, which console was the, the SSL? Which, oh, it's crazy. Like, uh, what was your first reaction when you saw the console? Like, uh, like, like at school, like we had like a SSL, I don't think it was an, like a 9K or like a 6K or whatever, but it's like, quite the same but like a bit smaller like it was only like a 48 channel I think and then like you walk in there and the SSL console like all the way from the one side of the room all the way to the side of the room you know <laughs> and then just this walls and walls of gear but like uh, like this one thing like you'd like walk in there and it's absolutely dead quiet you know and it's like like the acoustics are like, like it's in the middle of the city you know mm. like walk in there and like that latch closes and you can't hear a single thing you know it's amazing <clears throat> and it's really nice because like the acoustics are like very like well designed in there um, oh, it's just an amazing studio. I would love to work there, really. Yeah. Which which piece of gear intimidates you? Intimidates me when you look at it. It intimidates you. Oh, what do you think? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pro Tools, man. <maybe. laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a, like a, like Pro Tools, like like HDX systems. I'm just like, oh, that's terrible. That and like tape machines. Oh, yeah, <laughs> tape machines, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I heard some horror stories about that. Oh, no, no, no. Um, tell me, give me um, one of your best moments that you ever thought of, or that you think best yes, moments. So in, in um, recording now, this one time we did this uh, this classical ensemble, not like a classical. It was like a, like very like uh, like like you call it like modern classical music, like very dissonant, very weird instruments and stuff. And we were like setting up this one recording session um, in this place called like Australia Hall. Massive wooden hall with beautiful, beautiful acoustics. Is, right? Isn't that the, simp- uh, the opera house? It's 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 almost like the opera house, but like much smaller. But like oh, the okay. same, like 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 it's like one of those places. Like like it's like meant for like acoustic music, you know. So like, uh, got this like this massive ceiling, and it's just like this place filled mm. up with sound. It just sounds so amazing. I had a picture of it. Yeah, yeah, it's quite cool. Um, and then uh, this one girl I worked with, like her name was like like Alicia. Like she's like a classical like recording engineer. Mm. And she had like this pair of like uh, Audio Technica 4050s, I think, um, like uh, like anniversary edition, like this mm. beautiful microphones, like this beautiful artwork on and stuff. And I remember like uh, putting it up like like the space pair of mics, like pushing on the fan, I'm like oh wow, that's <laughs> amazing, you know, and, like this like this orchestra playing with like this room mics. It was incredible. It was like the nicest sound I've ever heard in my entire life. Awesome. Yeah. So that was for a classical. That was recording. a classical ensemble. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Very, very different, yeah, than doing rock music. <laughs> so what are you currently doing now? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly busy, but yeah. Busy, wow. Extremely busy at the moment. Um, That's good. Yeah, so at the moment, um, it's kind of strange. I'm mixing a lot of hip-hop, <laughs> which I never thought I would have done. Um, mixing like a lot of hip-hop like stuff, like uh, Moldwin, his engineer, he has a studio in Madran. Mm. And then like... A, he tracks his rappers with backtracks, and then I mix it. Um, okay. Very nice. Like, a, like, like. I never like thought because like I don't have like a background in urban music like you know, at all and stuff. Um, but then like my first, I was like, oh, like this is like so easy to mix, you know, because uh, like it, like there's no acoustic instruments. Like I said, of the guy's voice, so, like, like all these layers are all kind of sense. Like you don't have to worry about phase. You don't have to worry about anything. You just like, put mm. the faders up, and compress everything, and just yeah, it's like so easy and you're pumping, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm mixing like a lot of hip hop. I'm doing like, like a lot of mastering, a lot of mastering, like especially for like uh, like electronic genres, like EDM and okay. house music and stuff like that. A lot of fun. And then oh, a lot of projects. And uh, I recently like tracked some demos for a label called Select. 
um, like this one girl I knew her from school, like her name's Cara, and uh, she's studying at Berkeley's in America. And uh, she came back from America like a few weeks ago for like a summer break. And they said like, okay, well, like, a, like let's track some demos. So I've been doing like like Afrikaans music. <laughs> so for like, select uh, music. Afrikaans pop music. Um, and it's just demos, you know, like a, like it's like this girl, like she's a songwriter. So we'll come in and just like track piano and a vocal and guitar and a vocal and do some MIDI drums and stuff. And Is that sound the, nice. the What's her name again? That's Marnal. Yeah, she's she's something different. Very nice. <laughs> Are you involved with that project as well? Did you do you play? Do you physically play Tafel or what? Uh, this you was this is like, so like like this was like the like that very first EP I was talking about. So oh, like okay. uh, like I like produced the album all the way. So I like uh, like like arranged all the songs. I played guitar on most of it, um, on on all of it actually. Um, and then I got like a drummer in and a bassist, and we okay. tracked it here in my living room. Okay. <laughs> There's an, another artist that you worked with here, and I think you recorded and mixed one of his songs. Is it, is it Jack Rolling Dandies? Oh, so that is... Is uh, that how you pronounce it? That's Kyle, yes. So, like, the Jack Rolling Dandies, like, uh, like if you were here, like, a day, like uh, they were staying here last week, like, in front of such, such rock and roll guys. Mm. Um you know, like uh, I did a, d- a demo for them. It's quite cool, but I'm not allowed to play it because it's like unreleased. <laughs> it's such a cool song, though. Um, such like uh, like it's like the guys from Poch. Um, like what they basically did is like uh, like they sold all their possessions, bought a bucky, and they're just like uh, touring like around the country playing gigs wow. the entire year. So, <laughs> you know, like quite rock and roll. And then like they stay here every now and then. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But you know, like uh, like uh, I did like a song with them. Um, like a few, like about two months ago, you know, like a demo, but it turned out quite nice. You know, Does he also have a beard? He doesn't have a beard. He has this massive moustache. You know, like, <laughs> like, like, like it's really like weird, like to like describe that guys, but they're like the epitome of like rock and roll, like long, like this massive top hat, this big moustache and stuff. And like, like when he's like on stage, it's like incredible to watch. You know, just like this awesome. guy going crazy. You know, Jack rolling dandies. <laughs> um, I see you also record you know, some local Pretoria brands like uh, Jimmy Two Times. Yes. So um, I haven't finished their project yet, and it's kind of like on the rocks at the moment. Um, okay. But it's like oh, it's like this guy called Edwin. Mm-hmm. Like everyone knows Edwin. Like if you know Edwin, like you know everyone in the music industry. <laughs> and uh, he and this guy called Pia is like a, I think he's like also like a student at, at Copa. Um, like they're doing this incredible, cool like pop rock album. Mm-hmm. Sounds amazing, like like even like for like a local band, it's like kind of like Blink One Eighty Two, Sum Forty One, Fives. Yeah, yeah, we're like doing like a few songs for them as well. No, I am I am November. I'm November is really interesting. So like uh, it's like one of my friends from Thin Floor, called Henry, and he's like this uh, this singer songwriter, um, and he plays like this almost like John Mayer vibes, mm-hmm. and then he met two of my other friends from school, which is like this brothers incredibly like talented guys um and they just do like this electronic weird post-rock atmospheric music you know so and then like they kind of like combined it so it's like this like singer songwriter like 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 playing and there's like this massive synths and guitars with bows and delays and stuff going on um very interesting to to hear um and we're like busy with their ep um at the moment like he's like the main guy, like, like Henry, he's in Namibia and he's coming back later this month okay. and then we're going to finish his EP. I'm quite excited. Yeah. We actually, like, a, like a, we were, like, checking drums for it at, at Robin's studio the other day and it was, it was so nice, yeah. Okay. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. You did live sound for Jan Blom. 
<laughs> I did. <laughs> how did you get that gig? How, how did you it's, get it? It's, a, it's always like a, like a friend of a friend of a friend. So like, uh, yeah, it's like, like this one guy called the other guy that said, no, I'm busy, but I know this one guy and he knows this other guy and he knows this one guy and maybe he would do it. And he called me and said, yes, I'll be there. Mm. Did you use your own live gear? Or? I have my own live sound system. Um, smaller system, smaller system. Um, uh, yeah, and I use that. Yeah, it, it, it's like a, like I have like four of like the new Eons. Um, mm-hmm. It's like portable powered speakers, you know, mm. like like nothing special, but it's like great for for pub gigs and like acoustic shows in the park, you know. So yeah, it's cool. Um, very interesting guy to work with, Jan Blom. Yeah, such a nice voice. Is he uh, a bit intimidating to work with at first? No, not at all, not at all. No, he was just like the friendliest guy I've ever met in my entire life. You know, he doesn't have a big ego and stuff. Not at all. Okay. Yeah, and he's got such a powerful voice. You know, it's mm. like when he started singing, it was like, "Yo, that's coming out of my speakers, <laughs> amazing." Yeah. And uh, you also did live sound for Aching in where? Oh, so I did not do live. I did not mix the show. Like, like I kind of like organized their their tech writer and stuff for them. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I I got to party with the band. That was that was that was. How, how nice. did you how do you get involved with all this, man? I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm so freaking jealous. Like, <laughs> Aching was like something different. So like a like my girlfriend and them were like doing a fundraiser. Um, and they was like, oh, like like let's do like this like a show, you know, like like like, like, like let's do a band. So they they found Aching was like, hey, do you want to come play a show in Grahamstown? And they were like, yeah, we'll come play a show in Grahamstown. And that's how it happened. Awesome. <laughs> okay, and. Uh, are you working at any specific studios? Um, yes. Okay. So um I'm like I said, like I'm extremely busy at the moment. And I kind of like have like my like my finger like in a lot of people's studios, you know, it's like a little bit of here, a little bit of there. So like uh there's like this producer engineer called Robin Fernie. Mm. He has like this studio slash thing when he does this thing called like Scarto Productions or something. Very, very nice studio. Um just like up a road here from mine. Um very nice rooms. Like very nice gears. Like I think he's got like four channels of like PAE 1073s and got APIs and ISAs and so incredible. Um, so like uh, I'm quite like good like friends with him too. So like uh, I do like a lot of not a lot of work, um, but I'm there quite a lot, quite often like doing stuff. Um, I'm going over like later this week to like help him mount, you know, like uh, acoustic stuff on the wall. Okay. And, you know, and uh, like uh, I was like checking drums there two weeks ago. And uh, I kind of like, like sometimes like just like, like hang around and plugging his microphones and like uh, hang out with the, all the cool bands coming through. He's like work with all the coolest like session musicians. Okay. Um, so that's very cool. And he's kind of like, like he's very like open to what he's doing. You know, he's like, oh, ask him like, how does that work? And then like explain to him in detail. Like, oh, that's so cool. I didn't know that, you know. Um, very nice mix engineer as well. So like uh, Yana's album. Mm. I've just finished like I tracked it and then I was like I can't listen to the song I'm just going to send it to Robin and he mixed it very professionally okay. and then mastered it with Jacob van der Vestes <clears throat> anyway so like uh, that's Robin's studio and then also do work with Maldwin mm. he has a studio in Midrand called Color Studios where uh, I'll I'll track sometimes and like uh, I mix like a lot of the stuff coming out there you know, I'll mix and master <clears throat> yeah and then you know like, uh, like I really like, like going to like I really like like going to people's studios, you know. Like uh, I was like uh, at Ludwig's studio the other day. It was amazing. You just like got okay. there, and just like uh, helped him like convert some Pro Tools sessions, you know, and just like showed me around. I was like, oh, this is so cool, you know. <laughs> like uh, he like like he has like some gear like modded from Black Lion Audio and stuff, and like 
very nice live room and all this mic collection. It's like, oh, that sounds so amazing, you know. And like, uh, like he's like been like behind like some of like some of like my favorite records from South Africa, you know. So it's like cool to actually like see what like what I, like what's happening on like behind the scenes, you know. Like, oh, this is like where that album was recorded. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's very cool. What's your go-to microphone for vocals? <sighs> if I had a choice of any microphone or one I have in my studio, no, any any one. Uh, it depends. Like, a, like, the, like, eighty seven is nice. Um, just kind of like, like, like the thing is, like, like when I think gear, I don't think about is it good or is it bad. I just think about oh, it's that sound or it's that sound or it's it's a mm. suited sound. You know, if it's a not suited sound, um, you know, and like the eighty seven is like nice for most vocals, and it's like the sound like you're like on all of records. And then like Robin has this microphone in his studio called the Lucas CS4. So it's basically like a Neumann U47 clone. Mm. And it sounds amazing, you know. So it's like one of those stuff, it just costs like a million rands. I don't know how much, but it's extremely <laughs> expensive. It's, it's, it's just so, it's like, it's like big as well. It's like this big, massive blob. Mm. And just like the detail, like you can hear the thing is amazing, you know. Um, so that's very nice. Um, in my studio, I have an AKG C12 clone called the Avantone CB12. Oh, that was used on, uh, isn't it, uh, Taylor Swift? Ta- Taylor Swift. I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, like, like because, like, that's, that's the like rumor. the microphones like claim to fame. But I don't know if that's true. You know, mm. if it's true, I'd be surprised. Like, maybe, like, it's just like, a, like, like, it's not like a very expensive microphone. Mm. Like, like, it's not great, but like, like, it's got that tube mic sound. You know, it's, it's not bad. Um, but like, you know, like I said, like, a, like you said, like, apparently Taylor Swift. Did her album on it? I only think it's like it's just like marketing because it's red, you know. And Taylor Swift did that whole like red thing going. Mm. Maybe I'd be very surprised if it was, but yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> What's your opinion on on the current state of music in South Africa oh, from an engineer's I've, perspective? I have very strong opinions about music production in South Africa. Um, I like it though. Like uh, like this like weekend I was at at Kopi. Opikopi and I had such a ball because it was like mostly like just like like local bands like they didn't have like a big international act this year and I was like this is like I'm so glad like like I came back because like the music in South Africa is so good you know and there's such variety you know there's jazz musicians there's this amazing rock bands there's amazing metal bands there's cool pop artists and stuff um although like like that's it like it's a very small industry you know very very small um, you know, like if you think about, like, let's say, like, there's 50 million people in South Africa, you know, only like a 20th of that would ever like listen to any kind of like music I would listen to, you know, and from that 20th, there's only like a 10th, so, like, like, it's like extremely, extremely small, mm. yeah, you know, of people that like kind of like the alternative flavor of music. Um, but like the nice thing is, like, those people are very nice fans in general. So, like, there's like this whole culture going, like, this whole like, like subculture of, music and people that love music and stuff it's, it's very nice and it's like one of like the main reasons I came back yeah yeah how you, uh, how do you make income as an engineer <laughs> how do you think you'll survive in the next 10 years in South Africa um, basically by producing as much as possible I think um, like one of my lecturers in Australia like he had like this whole like train of thought and uh, he basically said, um, like, this is like specifically like in the music industry, like the post industry and broadcast something very different. But like uh, he said, like the time of like the audio industry, like the audio engineer in the music industry is completely over, you know, because 
anyone can go out and like for like a thousand rand buy a little box that makes you can able to like record at home. You know, you can plug in your guitar and SM58 and you can produce something that's not great but listenable, mm. you know. Um, and like like the need for big professional studios I think is going to be like like diminish and diminish and diminish over the next 50 years until it's completely gone. Mm. Mainly, only, you know, like if it's like in like classical music or like big jazz and so on, it's a bit different, but like like mainly in like pop music and rock music, um, like it's not going to be, like there isn't going to be like a need for massive studios like like Abbey Roads or Studio 301 or whatever. Um, so like what you were saying is like, a, like, like the time for like music engineers are a bit over, you know, because like there isn't like this big studios you can go and like you start as an intern and you work up to assistant engineer and you mm. work up as an engineer and then you get the staff engineer and stuff. Like that stuff like very, very rare. But he said like like on the flip side, like it's a music producer's paradise, you know. So you can basically, you know, like have your home studio and have some decent gear and know how to use it as an engineer and then produce bands and have your sound and just like, like the sky's the limit, you know. Like from a, like a creative side, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of like like my like strategy, you know. Like a, like I love engineering, you know, um, but uh, like like it's more being able to like work with the band, you know. Like let's make your record really nice, you know. Like a, like from like a technical side of when we, it's all itself and stuff, but like like I don't know, like working like in the music industry. As in, you know, like you, like you have to be musical, you know, like you can't not be musical, mm. you know, and like, uh, like I think like bands really like appreciate that, you know, because if, like, let's say like for example, I was only like purely minor technical engineer, you know, and uh, like a band would come, and they would like make their record, um, you know, like who's to judge if it's good or bad, or like who's the ones going to come up with ideas, you know, like, like, like you have to be able to be a producer, you have to work with the music, work with the band, work with the people. Like be able to communicate, you know, and like, oh, like, let's try this, let's try that, you know, like, let's get that kind of drum sound and stuff. Like, we're, that's, like, they didn't teach, like, that, like, as an engineer, like, engineering school. Like, like, you, know, like you can't learn that from books or signal flow or whatever, you know, mm. yeah, if that kind of makes sense. <laughs> I've got another question that I want to ask you, and that is, um, which artist do you still want to work with? Oh, the list is extremely long. <laughs> name, name your, 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 Favorite artist, the one that you really want to work with, locally or internationally? Let's make it locally. Locally, like a, like like the band I was telling you about, like the Jack Rowan Dandies. It's like a like they're two piece and they're so rock and roll and it's all live, all tracked. Like, oh, it's amazing. I would love to work with them and like make their full album. You know, mm. because like they're so like good musicians. You know, like like you like a band come in, and they can't really play together, and you have to edit the drums. They just go like one take, everything's live. You know, like all the vocals, all the guitar, even the mm. guitar solos, everything's live, and the drums, oh. everything to tape or to whatever is finished. It's it's so nice like working like with great musicians. I would love to like do their album. You know, because it's like very raw, very rock and roll. You know, mm. yeah. Um, who else? I would love to make a Fuck of Please a record. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's like amazing like like jazz artists in Australia. I would love to do their mm. like jazz is like a bit different like working with pop and rock because it's it's like very like it's very natural, you know. Like there isn't like much tweaking going on all the time, you know. It's, it's very nice. I would love to do a jazz record. Um, yeah. Now a kind of a bit more difficult question, a bit more technical, which mic position or which microphone technique 
you still want to use or experiment with? Oh. That you haven't uh, used before? I haven't used it before. So like this one time I was working at Robin's studio uh, and we took his amazing like uh, CS4 and my Avanto mic and we did like a nice like MS thing. And uh, I didn't like put in like the time to like make it work properly, but it could have been amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, like uh, like like I love like like experimenting like with stereo fields and stuff. So like for me, like st- like stereo micing is great, but it's it's very weird to like get something you know. It's it's like very fidgety and stuff, like, especially because like I didn't really have like because like like when I was studying, I was studying production, mm. not like purely engineering. Like there wasn't like a lecture going, you know, this is MS and this is Bloomline and this is a reverse Bloomline or whatever. Um, I'm just kind of like freaking out for myself. It's kind of nice, like this journey I'm on, like stereo miking. Yeah, so like uh, I would love to do, like do like uh, that. I haven't used. I haven't used like Bloomline or a Decatree. Or I've used Decatree. No, I haven't used Decatree. Yeah, but like this nice like stereo mic techniques. I love using them. I love experimenting with them. And, like seeing how they like feel and certain stuff. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I think that's about the questions I've got for now. Okay. So. Uh, Thank you for listening. No worries. (laughs) (laughs) Cool.